today's episode, Liz and I talk about regrets. It turns out professionals discuss different types and what they mean. We all have them, but how much time should we spend dwelling on them? What can we learn from them? And how can they make us better as we move forward in our marriage? Find out on today's episode of Stronger Marriage Connection. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Stronger Marriage Connection. The doctors are in. I'm psychologist Liz Hale, along with Professor Dave Schramm, and we are dedicating our life's work to bringing you the best we have in valid marital research, along with a few tips and tools to help you create the marriage of your dreams. This is really a kind of an interesting subject matter for me. When it comes to living life to its fullest, Dave, we often hear the words and the directive, no regrets, right? Living life without any regrets. But what if instead of living a life without regrets, we embraced them? Mm-hmm. What if the past could be used to live a better life today and going forward? So I wanted to, to talk with you, Dave, about this interesting, largest quantitative study that's been ever done on the American attitude of regret. You know, that maddening, perplexing, and undeniably real emotion it points to the way of a life well lived. What do you think about that? Yeah, isn't that interesting? I'm excited about our, our topic today, Liz, to, be, to dive into a little bit about this, the research on this and what we can learn and, and take away from this because regret really is one of the most powerful human emotions that we can experience and one of the most, I would say, misunderstood as well because the, the truth is all of us have regrets. And so when we say, you know, live life with no regrets, I have regrets. I assume you have regrets. I think our listeners have some regrets. And so we, we experience this, but it's it's really more about what we'll talk about today, what we, we take away. What can we learn from those? Not necessarily dwell on those, but maybe being more open to that, to that emotion and to that feeling. Um, because I think ultimately, Liz, it can benefit our, our decision making moving forward when we can look back and maybe learn from um, some of our regrets. I did some research when I was at the University of Missouri as a professor there. I surveyed over 400 empty nest parents. So these are parents who have been there. They've done that. They've looked back now on their life and they shared some advice. You know, what advice do you have now that I I kind of picture them up on this mountain? They've made it to this mountain. They're looking down and they see these parents who are at these. We had two and four, six and eight year olds at one time, Liz. So. It was really tough when my mom would say, oh, you know, Dave, just enjoy every every moment, you know, while they're young. And I'm like, hey, you enjoy it, Grandma, right? Here, take this two-year-old for the weekend, because it was, it was really hard. So I surveyed these empty nesters, and I say, what is it that, looking back, what is it that you regret? I, I don't want to cl- cause these feelings of, you know, shame and guilt that can take us there if we allow them. But I really genuinely wanted to learn. As a parent myself, I wanted to be the very best dad I could be. So... I asked these empty nesters and they said things like, you know, they regret being too harsh and and yelling too much and not spending enough time and attention and going to their ball games and things. So yeah, do we all have regrets? I think we do. I think that there's personal regrets. I think there's some relationship regrets, maybe things that we've said or done in a relationship, but it's important not not to just dismiss or ignore some of those, those emotions as you're going to talk about as we'll discuss today on this this episode, but really to to absorb it, to think about it, to accept it, to to be comfortable with it, and then to be able to to move forward with it. Yeah, and how do we move forward with it? Right, like this group of parents you studied. I love that. That it's impressive, Dave. 
what what did they find would be useful to them in looking mm. at regret, feeling the the disappointment of like, oh man, I lost my cool a few times. Yeah. Um, now, now, what do they do with that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. A couple of things in from the research that we did. One, I suggested this that they look back and say, you know what, I I did the very best that I that I could with what I knew at the time because with relationship knowledge, parenting knowledge, things change. We learn more. We have more access. We have the internet now, right? When I was when I was a first parent, we didn't have the, the internet even, so we we have a lot more access to things. Is number one. But number two is I think that some parents will get. Um, maybe it's called a do-over, you know, as a grandparent, that they have more, maybe more patience, more tolerance, that they have more gratitude. What they ultimately have is a different perspective. And I think that that maybe is a a theme for today, Liz, as we talk about, is our perspective, how we review regrets, the empty nesters, or even as a grandparent, and how they treat and how they maybe spend more time that they didn't have with their kids, on their grandkids. And so a lot of these things that we'll be talking about today comes back to living a life of, of maybe with regrets, but with a proper perspective. So curious about your mom's advice to you, right? Just mm. Treasure the moments, just really milk these. Is that, was that what it was? Yeah. It, and I'm wondering, where, I'm wondering where that came from, you know, her longing maybe in, in those days or might yeah. be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Would that be your same advice to your kids who are now starting to get married and one day they'll have children? Would you... So just that same thing about treasuring and milking those early moments, even though they're hard. Yeah, I, I would say, number one, first, be patient with yourself. Be patient with yeah. yourself. Be kind to yourself. Because sometimes when we mess up in our relationships or, or as parents, we, we, we are our worst critics. We, we, we tend to find our, our own flaws, right, in, in what we do. In fact, just just, yes, just yesterday, Liz, I'll point out this, this example with our, our daughter, and, and she was in a, in a, in a church meeting. And she's, she's talking and then she gets done and she just felt so horrible. I was like, ah, I sent her a text. I like, that was amazing. But she was looking at the flaws. We're so critical of ourselves. And so I, I let her know, oh my gosh, that was, that was amazing. You did so good. So being able to find and notice the positive because our brains are wired for the negative. We actually have to be five times as more positive with, with ourselves and with our, our partner in our marriage. So we have to focus on and find the positive because the negative is very, very powerful. And that's true when it comes to regrets as well. Ah, she was having such regrets after her talk. Huh? Yeah. Isn't it just, doesn't it just make you painful when uh, someone you love so much is beating themselves up? It's uh, tough, isn't it? Yeah. And yet we do it to ourselves. I think Dave, you know what I think we should have a, a topic on once is on self-compassion. Oh, isn't that's that an great? important one. Yeah. Yep, it's yeah. True. Every time I see self-compassion, you know, like Kristen Neff's work, yeah, yeah. I just, I have looked, I've just kind of looked away like, oh, I don't really need self-compassion. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, but I absolutely do need it. You know, yeah. probably I'm one of the worst. I so get it. You know, my, my biggest concern uh, with how we're addressing painful emotions like regret or even depression and anxiety is that we spend a great deal of energy towards not feeling bad. Right. Like it's some terrible thing to feel bad. Instead, I think we really need to make peace with these emotions. We need to, in other words, get good at feeling bad. (laughs) According to this uh, great author, Daniel Pink, he's a researcher as well. He wrote The Power of Regrets. He combed over research in not just psychology, but neurology, economics, biology. And there are basically three common conclusions and responses to regret. And they 
each leave us with a different result. The first one is that regretful feelings can just be ignored. That didn't happen. I don't like to look at that part of my life. Like, no, 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 no. Right. Put the blinders on, uh, put blindfolds over my own eyes. I don't want to see that. I kind of want to live in the delusion that that didn't really happen. The second option is that regretful feelings could be wallowed in, right? Creating just utter despair. Like, I can't believe I did that. I'm so ashamed. I've ruined my life. I don't think my parents can forgive me or my family can forgive me. I don't think I can forgive myself even. Then the third option is that regretful feelings could be addressed. What's the discovery? What have I learned about myself? We all have regrets, like you said. And so what's the message and the meaning so that I can go forward? Maybe I can teach others the regrets that I have so that they could perhaps avoid some of that pain and suffering. And what can I do moving forward for myself? I never want to forget the lessons of the past. Mm, yeah, Liz, I, I agree. We we really need to get to this point where we can reclaim regret as this indispensable emotion, that all emotions are good, right? All emotions are, we're, we're humans. That's actually what makes us human, that fish swim and birds fly, but people feel And yes, it's okay to be able to look back and to feel this regret. What we don't want to do is we don't want to minimize it as much as we want to optimize it, if that makes sense. When we, when you think of regret as a, as a signal or kind of this knock at the door, it's a powerfully transformative, really emotion. Emotion, and you probably know this, Liz, is it's a Latin, it actually comes from the Latin. And it means to move, to move through or to move out, but it's actually to move us. So it's essentially a signal that say, hey, we need to do something. Don't just sit with this emotion and and sulk on it, right? And, and as you talked about this this despair and wallow in it, but actually feel it and then and then maybe follow a, a different direction. Okay, now now what after that emotion? I often tell my clients, best way to deal with emotion is motion. So I didn't even know that it came from the Latin word. I really love that. Even motion of moving your mind, right? Motion of moving it unstuck from the wallowing or just the total disregard of like, wait a minute, this is, this is rich. I'm going to use it for my life. I don't want to make anything ever feel wasted. How is this going to teach me? I think we need the ability to regret our poor decisions, you know, just to, to, to feel bad, essentially like, oh man, I'm really just going to take that on because I don't want to miss it. That's how we can improve these decisions in the future. Yeah, you're hitting on this, Liz. Self-compassion, we'll come back to that with Kristen Neff and some of her work. That great book. It's key. You know, if a friend disclosed to you, you know, the same regret, how would, how would you treat them? How would you talk to them about it? Would probably have a lot more compassion, like I did write for my daughter and say, oh my goodness, no. But when it comes to us and, and I blow it, then I'm a lot more down on myself. And it's hard to have, come back to that word, that perspective, to see it from a different angle. And so that's what we're talking about here. If you can kind of put it through the friend test, what would I tell a friend who made a, a similar you know, mistake or was embarrassed in front of people or made a poor choice, uh, you know, backed in rear ended into somebody that backed out of the parking lot and they have this, this huge regret, how would you treat them? And then, then maybe, okay, pause and have some of that self-compassion for yourself. Mm, the best friend test, you know, the study found that that's probably one of the more powerful angles to take is what would you say to a best friend? Yeah. I really like that. Find that silver lining. You know, the silver lining doesn't negate the existence of a cloud, but it does offer another perspective on that cloud. The study uses a lot the words at least, right, to describe the silver lining. For Someone might have a regret about not continuing their college education. So they might say, 
I regret not going to college or not finishing, but at least I have zero college debt. Oh yeah. You know, at least I'm not wallowing in that debt. Yeah. I, I have some of those regrets. Um, Liz, looking back, I regret probably, uh, I mean, several things, but here, here's a few that I'll point out. I regret <laughs> when I was younger, not learning more about, about cars. My, my dad even kind of knew about cars. My dad is a really good handyman, but I regret not learning you know, how to do drywall or how to put up this or that, or, or to create some of that now. But, but at least he taught me, he taught me how to treat my mom, right? He taught me how to, to be a, a good person, a good husband and father and how to work hard and to plant a garden. So at least I took those things away from him. So I, I like that. I like that, you know, I regret, but at least I think those, those are key words through this. We'll be right back after this brief message. And we're back. Well, let's dive right in. Nice. And not focusing on, why didn't my dad teach me drywall? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> why didn't he take the time to teach me how to fix a toilet? Yeah, I really, I really do get that. And I value that too. Um, we all have regrets. I think, you know, one of my bigger regrets, as I've talked to you before, is getting married in my 20s. Mm. It was just not, it was just not the right decision for me. And I almost knew enough to not do it. But at least that marriage was voided and old. And at least I learned about myself, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. At least I can understand when someone sits across from me and they too have had betrayal or disappointed themselves. Even I, I really do understand that. At least I can compare um, that experience to the experience today of being married mm -hmm. and really value my husband. We were just talking to our engineer Rex who, you know, was saying this very thing about, to know one is to know the other, to know, you got to know bitter to know the sweet. And I, I don't know any other way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people. So I would say also, at least I didn't have children. Another mm. person who had been married and had, had their, their family would say, at least I have these three great kids and I'm so grateful for that. So it's going to be different for everyone. At least doesn't work in every category, but I think it is important just to recognize them. Regrets are worldwide, and this impressive study really shows it. The same author, Daniel Pink, he has this cool survey online. It takes three minutes, Dave. I mm. think we should all do it. I'm going to do it. It's the World Regret Survey. And so far, 19,000 regrets from individuals living in 100-plus countries have been collected in an effort to better understand this mysterious emotion. It's an extraordinary treasure trove. You know, not only can you go on there and put like my biggest regret was marrying in my 20s. Um, you can use it anonymously, but then you get to see in your state or other parts of the world, other regrets is just kind of a smattering of regrets. And there's something about just writing it down, mm. right? And just acknowledging it that takes some of the sting and the power out of it. Yeah. It's nice to know that there's there's kind of power in numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, it reminds me a little bit of going to online dating. It was reassuring just to know that I was not the only one out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not alone in my singleness when I was single, and I'm not alone in my reg regrets. Many people might regret going to online dating, but the point is uh, you're not alone in your feelings, period. Sometimes when I feel that way, when I feel really like, oh, like bad about something, I think, you know, I know intellectually I'm not the only one in the world that feels this way or has had something similar. I know I'm not the only one. And for whatever reason, that brings me comfort. 
Or if I think, I know a family member has been through something similar, a grandparent or a great uncle even. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. Just discussing them sometimes relieves the burden, right? Yes. It defames them a little bit. Have you ever heard that? They d- defames them when you write them out or when you speak them out. Yeah. And that starts the sense-making process. Yeah. I, I love that, Liz, that we are not, we're not alone in, in our relationship with some of these no. relationship regrets. When you think about, man, I, I really shouldn't have said that, or I, you know, I can't take that back now. We're, we're going to do some things. Yeah. And I think True. it's instead of saying, you know, what was burned from this, it's what can be learned from this uh, moving <laughs> forward. So glancing back, but I think facing forward and moving through some of that. Some of that. So around the world, you, you talk about this, this study, this survey, people continue to express, um, Often these are kind of lumped together. Is, you know, you look at these 19,000, you kind of start doing some groupings, and they can be lumped together into, we'll talk about four core regrets. And, and the, the kind of the, these if-onlys, right? If-onlys, some of these four if-onlys. The first one is foundation regrets. This is, I wish I'd, I'd made better decisions with finances, you know, early on, or education, or, or health. Some of these choices looking back. So there's a man who regrets not saving and investing money, uh, you know, from the start of his career. And he now speaks to other young first time employed, um, individuals, inspiring them by showing them what to do. If you invest a little bit, even though you don't make a lot right now, but if you invest a little bit now or a certain percentage or try this experiment with that, because I, you know, I learned looking back now, I want to help the next generation kind of reminds me of the parents, the empty nesters. They said, Oh, if I could go back, I would do this. I would invest more time or read and slow down. So it's some of that kind of passing it it, it down. So it's this, if only I'd done the work type of regret. That's that first category, if if onlys. Yeah, the foundation. I love it. The second one is the boldness regrets, right? Mm. And this one creates a great deal of pain, maybe the most pain ever. It's uh, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, right? I wish I'd asked somebody out. I wish I'd let my heart be known to that one person. I wish I'd started that business. I wish I'd spoken up. How many times have you not spoken up in a meeting or in a relationship? And then you replay that again and again in your brain. At least I do. Here's what I wish I would have done. Wish I would have said, you know, this uh, Daniel Pink talks about something that was really compelling to him about a man and a woman years ago who had shared a train ride. And um, they, for all intents and purposes, they looked to everybody else like they were, were dating, if not married. They just really enjoyed the commonalities they had. And um, after an hour or two on this train, she suddenly gets up and she goes, oh my gosh, there's my stop. I need to go. And she exits the train without, you know, back in the day, no social technology really um, as far as texting and phones and all of that, the cell phones. And she left and he just never forgot that for 40 years, he wondered what if, what if I had been bold? Those kinds of things really haunt you, you know? And, and, and we don't really know the end result. Sometimes it's our thinking that we know the end, that that would have been the magical relationship. There is no magical relationship. It's what we make it always. But it's interesting what our mind does too. Yeah. Boldness. That's a boldness regret. Yeah. I like that one. The, the third one in this big kind of category are these moral regrets. This is the the wrong uh, versus the right action. You know, the, the things that I, ah, I shouldn't have done that, should have done this. So looking back, many regret for example, looking back, bullying, you know, being mean to, to others, or even in the beginning of our relationship, I wish, you know, the first few years, the newlywed years, I wouldn't have, been, you know, tried parenting you so much or doing this or that in the relationship. This is the the infidelity. This is maybe even getting online and doing those types of type of moral actions that 
that we know we, we shouldn't have done, you know, stealing from a grocery store, some of those things we say, you know, what, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Um, feeling kind of some, some of that guilt from some of those. So this is the, if only I'd done the right thing type of regret is that third one. Those moral regrets are really haunting. And this Daniel Pink was surprised how many times he had seen from adults say that they regret that they were bullies mm. and that they were unfaithful in their relationships again and again. Yeah. He was blown away by the numbers. We don't, we just don't really get away with anything in life. Do we, we have that conscience or that spirit, whatever it is, it tells us what we're doing is wrong. Yeah. Even do. I, it, it's kind of encouraging in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. With, with these, it, it comes back kind of the flip side of this, Liz, if you will, is more of the kindness, you know, Bullying, kind of the opposite of that, is this kindness and fidelity. You know, having more compassion and treasuring the connection, the relationship that I do, that I have. And so, mm -hmm. I think some of this this life lesson is from, from this one at least is you can never regret being too kind or having compassion mm -hmm. of doing those mm -hmm. things that you know that you feel are right. Moving forward, we can't change the past, but moving forward, being able to feel it and then follow it as far as kindness and compassion. Yeah. Oh. And making those apologies, you know, it's never too yeah. late sometimes to go back and to revisit high school or junior high, whenever it was, and to make those apologies. Now people are pretty accessible. You can find people. Yep. And, um, you know, to let your apologies be known and your regret. The fourth category, and it's the largest category, no surprise, it's the connection regrets. So again, we've got foundation. It's um, the, the money and the time and the education and health. I wish I'd taken better care of myself. The boldness. I wish I'd woulda, coulda, shoulda, the moral regrets, and now the connection regrets. Relationships you long to have or maybe did have and have fallen apart. Um, there, we fall apart for both reasons of drifting and we have rifts, right? Drifts and rifts. But we don't reach out because, again, number one, we fear that we're not going to be received, not going to be welcome. It'll be awkward and um, that that person won't be kind. If So if only I'd reach out. That's the regret, right? If only I'd done the rings, the wrong thing is the moral regret. If only I'd taken the chance is the boldness regret. And if only I'd done the work is the foundation regret. You know, if you were at a juncture in your life, your listener or Dave and Liz, and we're thinking about someone, you're wondering, gosh, should I reach out or should I not reach out? The answer is always reach out, always reach out. Especially at a time like today, we need connections. Reaching out is rarely as awkward as we think it's going to be. And we think it's, and we fear it's going to be, and it's almost always well received, Dave. People really do welcome that because, again, we're not all that different. We also feel like we, we recognize when we hear from someone after a while, it's like, wow, that was a really bold move of that person to make. That was really brave. And I really appreciate it because I, I need the healing as well. I've been doing this in my own life. I had a, an aunt I haven't really talked to much since my uncle. She's a, 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 um, kind of a, I don't know, step aunt. That's a weird thing to say, but she was a second wife. And um, I love her dearly, but we lost some connection. And I, even though I've kind of always sent her little gifts here and there, we've not really talked on the phone. And um, at least I, I couldn't reach her when I did call uh, just this past week after looking at this topic. And I, at least it felt good to leave a voicemail. You know, at least my my voice and I could express it that way. And um, I don't know if she just didn't purposely pick up or just wasn't home, but I'll probably try again. Mm. There is something that just feels better when you clear out some of those webs of knowing, gosh, I really, I regret that. Yeah. I regret that we've lost that connection. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge, Liz. I, because I come back to the three needs that we all have safety, satisfaction, and connection. Mm-hmm. I might just bring up a little red, a red flag. So it just indulge me here for a moment. When you're talking about, yeah. you know, should I reach out? Should I not reach out? I think that's yeah. huge in, in relationships. The caveat, the red flag that I might bring up is. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Someone on Facebook or this old flame or this person in high school or this, you know, this person, should I reach out? You know, should I not reach out? So that kind of gets back to the moral, you know, regrets going back there. I think, you know, staying faithful. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever regret staying faithful, staying true in those, right. in those relationships. And so, yeah, I would say with, with, you know, should I reach out or should I not reach out? It's more, and I think we get it, what we're talking about, but I don't want listeners to, to take it the wrong way and say, oh, well, they said that maybe I should, you only live one YOLO, you know, I'm just going to reach out to all these people. So being careful, but it's more in the compassion and the kindness and the, those types of relationships rather than the romantic relationships we're talking about. Right. Sure. I always say curiosity kills the cat and a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm so curious about those loves from long ago or whatever happened to so-and-so. Or yeah. What, yeah. Some of those relationships are, are best left unvisited. That is really wise. And if you do visit them, you make it very much in the open, right? Like I um, went to my 40th high school reunion and Ron was there. We'll just call him Ron. And um, Ron and I did not go to senior prom, even though I wanted to go with Ron. He would not go with me because I was dating a junior. He wanted me to go with the junior boyfriend, which might have been the right thing to do. But I still uh, regretted that. I think it would have been so much better for two seniors to go to senior prom. But anyway, we uh, visited with that. But and then I, you know, heard from him a little bit after, and just heard from him last night. And he always, you know, says his text because he's having some major eye surgery and just had his first grandchild. It's a nice friendship, which is a little unusual for me. But he always says, you know. Give, you know, give your husband my best, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, yes. And he sends his best to, you know? Yeah. Um, um, so I think there are ways that we have friendships, but they, they really have to be very carefully managed members of the opposite sex. You know, I think we really have to just be very, very wise and be very, very open. Say nothing that I wouldn't want my husband reading or over listening. Right. I think that's always a good test too. Yeah, absolutely. Or else then you'll, you'll probably have, yeah, more, more regrets in life. I think the principle really is this, Liz. It's, it's when we understand what we regret the most, we learn what we value the most. Think of it that way, listeners, right? Think about what is it that it's, it's almost like that we, you don't have conflict unless you care type of a topic. And so it's really, you're regretting it because you value it. And so being able to learn from that, every regret reveals something fundamental about humanity and, and what we need. We need we need stability. We need predictability. We need to be able to have this foundation of of who we really are as a person and as a, as a couple. We want a chance to learn and grow, and we want to to do something. So we recognize that we're we're not here forever, and we don't want to ha- to regret regrets. Ultimately, is what That's we're right. talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Reimagining them is powerful though, isn't it? It is. We want to look regret squarely in the eye. That's, that's how we learn and expect regret. Yeah. Don't expect to not have regrets. That will lead to a great disappointment and disillusionment. Looking backward can point us forward to a fuller, more meaningful life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Liz, we've, we've talked about this. Let's have a, a little discussion here at the end as we wrap up. Really about how do we, can we tile, because there's life regrets and there's parenting regrets. Let's talk really about yeah. relating this back to the, the couple relationship. So, so a listener is saying, okay, 
you know, there are some in my own relationship, you know, I have the, these other life regrets. But in my relationship, I imagine, you know, there's some newlyweds who are listening to this and those who are preparing for marriage. There are some who have been married for, 50, you know, 40, 50 years and who may be looking back. Um, but having a proper perspective, I'm going to keep coming back to this because when we have proper perspective in our relationships and not, not dwelling so much, being able to, yes, like my sister's always said, it's okay to look in the rear view mirror of, of life, but choose not to stare. Choose not, choose not to go there, right? To be able to face forward, to learn from and embrace and be comfortable with that regret and not try to you know dismiss it and keep putting it under the rug because the more that we sit there and, and forcefully try to do that, it's, it's the white elephant. It's going to come to our, to our minds. So mm-hmm. I think with, with relationship regrets, being able to be quick to forgive, to forgive ourselves, to be able to say, you know what, I blew it and I shouldn't have said that. And I shouldn't have called you out. You know, I shouldn't have, maybe I said, I hate you or something that I just feel like I, I crossed that boundary and, and that line and I feel bad and feeling bad is, is good for a minute because it moves us again, having that emotion, it moves us forward and, but we're not going to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We don't have perfect relationships. So I think one thing is having realistic expectations, Liz, that when we have unrealistic expectations in our relationship, like I'm never going to yell or I'm never going, we're never going to have a fight or anything that can almost set us up for failure. So having realistic expectations in our relationships and being able to, to yes, regret something, but then to, mm-hmm. to move forward, to, to move forward, to experience the bitter, but then to become better from it, I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. You have all these lovely phrases that just roll off your tongue, <laughs> Dr. Dave. I love to hear them. I sincerely mean that. I just don't think that any experience ever has to be wasted. Everything teaches us. And to know one is to know the other, to know the bitters, to know the sweet, to know you know that, that tough, difficult marriage I had is to really appreciate the good man that I chose this time. I used to have nightmares that I would go through another annulment. You know, it would be my second annulment, my third annulment. It's like, I am a marriage therapist and I can't get this right. I would just wake up with a deep sweat. And I didn't want fear to determine that I would never try marriage again. Yeah, You know, I, I, I wanted it for my life. I was passionate about other people's marriages. I really, I wanted that. I wanted the highs and the lows and, and to learn and to love someone and to grow old together. And I'm glad that I could put faith over fear. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that everything is perfect. We are still these mere mortals that make these mistakes. Yeah. And it's so reassuring, I think, when a partner can say, you know, as we're looking back over life and maybe anniversaries, is we can say, oh, you know, th- those first years were tough or those first years were great. But this one situation I really regret. Sometimes it's just lovely even to hear our partner's perspective. Mm-hmm. It helps us get to know them in their hearts. Like you said, what we focus on, or excuse me, what, what we learn about our regrets is that we, we learn what matters to us, yes. what we value most. And it's quite like music to your ears, even to look at some of those things and to hear your partner's response and to hear you say, I really regret that. And I've learned from it, right? I've learned from that. I can't promise I'll never say such and such again, or I'll never make mistakes, but I'm never going to forget that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get a little bit personal on this one, um, Liz, because it reminds me. So, so my wife and I were married. This is the day of our marriage. We're married. And right after that, we go um, out in, into the hallway and there's, there's a drinking fountain and I go right up and she's behind me and I take a drink first. 
instead of like, you know, you come first. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's right 24 years ago and it's not necessarily one that I kick myself on, but once in a while I'll, I'll be like, man, you know, here I am and here's my wife and I promise I'm going to put you first our whole lives. And then right after that, Liz, I go and, and I take the drink first. And, but it's a reminder. I think regrets can serve as a reminder. It can be a reminder to me. I look back and I don't like kick myself, but, but I've learned from it. And I say, you know what? Whenever possible, I'm going to let my wife go first, whether it's, it's through the door or opening this or allow her or get her a drink or the little things, I think. So I think we can turn regrets into reminders of how we do want to be. Looking in the past, it, it, it's not bad. I think we can look in the past and find the gems to find the good in the past as well as regrets. But I think a date night could even be, you know, looking back, maybe even before our relationship, what, what life regrets do you have? Is there anything that you wish you, you would have done? Me back in high school, I wish I would have played football, for example. You know, does my wife know that necessarily? I don't know if it's, a, it's this, you know, huge thing, but it's able to create what I call intimacy. And that's into me, you see. She's able to, to see into my soul and part of my soul is in my past. And if there's these little things maybe that I regret saying or doing or, you know, it, it's just a little piece of me that she can, she can peer into and say, does that, does even what I'm talking about making sense? Beautiful. Because I think the more we are known, the more we're accepted and the more we feel loved. So to be known is really to feel loved on a deeper level. So I think you're on to something there. Do I get to smile every time you go by a drinking fountain now? It is. It's this, it's this I'm going to smile and think of you and Jamie every time I pass by. That's yeah, pretty cute. I need to let her go first. So <laughs> I like it. Well, as, as we wrap up today, Liz, I think this has been an interesting discussion. I think regrets are important. I think that um, being it's, it's the perspective of, of how we, we see these things. What, what's your takeaway from our discussion today? Just don't regret regrets. Expect them. They will be there and they're there to teach us what we value. Yeah, I love that. I love the at least. I, I love that the, there's that part. My takeaway is, is learn from the at least and then let regrets be a reminder. Uh, a reminder, yeah, there, there is the past and we shouldn't shove it away or try to you know, to cover it up. But that, that's part of who we are. And then we can learn from it. And then but then focus forward on, on our lives and on our relationships and those in, in newly kind of wet years, if you're listening, hopefully you learn from some of this, that you learn from the mistakes early on and don't let some of these choices that you have in your life to turn into regrets because, yeah, they can be they can be miserable and they can be heartbreaking. And so putting putting each other first um, in your relationship, but realize that you will have some some regrets, but let them serve as as a reminder. So. Whoa, this has been fun, uh, Liz. This has been a, a great one as we've kind of dove into this a little bit um, and talking about our own, some of our own little kind of personal regrets, relationship regrets. But, but I, I hope, my friends, as you, as you look at this and as you li you've listened, that you'll do those small and simple little things, those little tiny tweaks. Uh, live the law of little things in your relationships. Moving forward, looking back, and you'll have a greater a sense of peace and happiness as you work on your stronger marriage connection. So that's all from for now. Thanks for joining us. Here on Stronger Marriage Connection, we hope to see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, do us a favor and take a few minutes to subscribe to our podcast and the Utah Marriage Commission YouTube channel, where you can watch this and every episode of the show. When you hit the like button and leave a comment, your feedback helps us improve the show. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You can also follow and connect with us on Instagram at Stronger Marriage Life and on Facebook at Stronger Marriage. 
Be sure to share with us what topics you want us to explore or what you loved about today's episode. If you want even more resources to improve your relationship connection, visit our website at strongermarriage.org where you'll find free workshops, webinars, relationship surveys, and more. Each episode of Stronger Marriage Connection is hosted and sponsored by the Utah Marriage Commission at Utah State University. And finally, a big thanks to our producers Rex Polanis and Alexis Alcott and the team at Utah State University. And you, our audience, you make this show possible.